he he had this one line that resonated with me a lot. He he told me he said, you know, we we may have invested in you, we may have supported you, but it's your team um, and the mission that you're trying to bring to the table that's really makes it special. Welcome back to the Founders Couch. This is a talk show about the most inspiring student founders and their intrepid journeys of starting their own thing. I'm your host, Katherine Jang. I couldn't be more excited for my guest today, Michael Broughton. I met Michael initially through a warm intro, and this interview, let me tell you, has been many months in the making. Michael is a USC student on a leave of absence and co-founder of Perch, a free app that allows users to build their credit through recurring expenses such as rent, Netflix, and Hulu. Coming from a military family of nine, Michael started the company out of some personal experience and in the early days of the company, conducted thousands of user interviews to validate the need. So far, Perch has launched on the iOS App Store and is available for download. They recently raised a 2.5 million seed round and are backed by Village Capital, City, SoftBank, Concrete Rose Capital, and Marcy Venture Partners, which was co-founded by Jay-Z. Now onto the show, let's get Michael on the couch. Hey, Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. How's everything going so far? Great, great. Um, everything's going well with the company, um, the team, a lot of just great things happening right now. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, Michael, why don't we get started off by just talking a little bit about where you're from and where to grow up? I know you um, just landed at home a few hours ago, so definitely interested to hear where you, where you grew up. Yeah. Um, I was born in Georgia, um, did not live there long, uh, was raised in a military family. So uh, it was a family of nine, seven kids, um, second oldest, and we jumped around every four years uh, from Virginia to Texas, um, back to Georgia. Um, spent a lot of my time actually from eight to about 16, 17 um, in Okinawa, Japan and Seoul, Korea, where a lot of my personal upbringing was um, just really pushed into like, I guess, Asian culture. and. It really did reflect on me when I came back to the U.S. Knew nothing about the U.S. except for Texas, California, and New York. Um, but, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I was raised. Wow, that's incredible. Um, I, I definitely want to dive into that a bit later. Um, but in terms of Perch, how would you describe what your company does in your own words? I gave listeners a little bit of a rundown, but interested to hear how you would describe your own company. Yeah, um, I guess high level, we are essentially a, a platform that allows anyone to start building their credit um, using non-traditional data. So your Netflix, your Hulu, your Spotify, um, rent payments, utility payments, we take these um, and we become a middleman to make these regular data points uh, credit worthy. It can reflect on your credit score within two weeks. Um, a lot of people see an increase on their score between 60 to 160 points. Um, those without a credit score normally see a new score generated in that same time frame. That's awesome. And this this started a few years back, right? I think you said that this stemmed from some personal experience earlier in college. Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually has a lot of correlation to me growing up overseas. Uh, so when I got back to the U.S., it was two years before um, I got ready to apply for college. It was the first one in my family to really go through the process. Um, and we ended up realizing that a i did not have the financial tools needed to you know finance my way through college but also b i had never been exposed to the u.s credit system um which is completely burdened and blocked all of my access to any financial tools needed for college um with that i had a lot of personal difficulty um just financing my way through 
and realized that there just needed to be a solution for people like me, international students, um, people from low-income backgrounds, or people just never exposed to the credit community um, or credit building like process um, to have credit building pipelines uh, that should be free and accessible. Uh, that brought to me researching Perch throughout all of college, and then we finally ended up building it out um, this past year. So that's amazing. And I, I remember in our last conversation, you touched on you know after being inspired from this personal experience that you interviewed like thousands of students. I think it was like almost 50K or like upwards of that. Um, yeah. yeah, what was that process like and why were you motivated to talk to so many people at the beginning? Yeah, yeah, we talked to a ton of students. Um, the main thing was I, I had jumped into this not really knowing what were the proper steps. I knew nothing about finance. I, I was actually a poli-sci major um, coming into university, um, but I, got really deep connections with the uh, the USC credit union um, and just talked a lot with the, the CEO, his name is Gary Perez, um, just about this problem and how I wanted to build a solution. I started doing case studies for them, um, just talking with a ton of students across college, university, USC, um, CSUDH. I'm just trying to understand like where the problem lied and where it could be solved. Realized from that that it wasn't a socioeconomic problem at all. Students are just not building credit regulations are really hampering the market um, and there just needed to be a solution like Perch out there. Um, you know, I was talking to those students, I then realized like how to build Perch properly um, and how to speak to this audience over time. Mm -hmm. And so you talked about, you know, doing these, I guess, user interviews with the credit unions, but also with the students. What were the biggest insights from talking to the students, especially? Yeah, um, some crazy numbers. 73% uh, of the students that we talked to um, were actively not building credit. 98% of them knew that their credit score was important, just didn't know where to start. Um, and we never had feedback on someone saying that they didn't want a platform that could automate their credit lifestyle. Um, we also learned major insights um, from the study that we live in a very tech savvy world. Um, the way that we consume information, the way that we go about our day to day is very, I, I want to say, simple. Uh, if something doesn't interest us, uh, we skip through it. If it takes more than three steps, we skip through it. Um, and finance, as you know, is a very complex process. Getting a credit card is like 50 different steps. Um, there's responsibilities, there's minimums, there's, you know, yearly payments. Um, and it's just something that is very, um, our generation just doesn't look fond of credit at all. So in Building Purge, we said, how can we take this lifestyle that our generation lives in, the one that students are currently in, and apply that to credit, um, which is, was, it was huge insight for us in how we built out the app, so. Absolutely. And so after you had this personal inspiration, then you did a bunch of these user interviews. What were your next steps? Like, what did you do? Like find a co-founder? Did you already have one at that point? Yeah, um, definitely went through a lot of co-founder issues early on. Um, again, it was my first rodeo, so I didn't know what the first step was either. Um, I, I guess the first step, honestly, is just to start, um, do what you can and try to push forward. I built maybe 24 iterations of the Perch website uh, where I was just trying to build like a landing page. Where I was just like, let us build your credit. Had like a little email capture with a go button, um, captured like basic information and try to use that. Um, built a very basic proof of concept where we were just trying to find ways that we can automate credit building. Uh, started with rent payments, um, partnering with people already in the space kind of bringing credit repair into like the student market and seeing if that connected. Um, just a lot of discovery. This was from freshman to junior year of college of just this trying different things. Met my co-founder, the one, my current co-founder, um, 
my sophomore year and we just kept on building until something landed. Uh, we landed on the concept of automating credit building through subscription payments, through rent payments, um, realized that it worked. We tested it with like 250 students. Uh, the stats were amazing. Uh, built my own credit score as well. And then from there, um, we went straight into pitch competitions and that kind of helped accelerate things to where it is now. And in terms of the pitch competitions, what, at that point, like, did you guys have a product? Was it specifically the landing page and the metrics to kind of back things up? Yeah, yeah. We had the 250 kids, um, a very basic whip, uh, like wait list that we were building up um, and just the website. That was about it. And we were going into pitch competitions, acting like we were this super established company uh, saying like, we've helped so many kids and these are the numbers. Um, it was only 250 kids. Um, it took us a very long time to get that 250. Um, but that was enough to win us our first ever pitch competition back in like, I think September of 19, we won a thousand dollars. And then that propelled us to go to our second pitch competition where we won $25,000 and so on and so on. And from those pitch competitions, obviously it's clear that you got a ton of experience pitching there. What do you think were like the, if you had to distill it down to like one key learning that was really beneficial in terms of pitching, like you would recommend founders do this one thing? Yeah, I, I think, one thing that people don't focus down on is making the problem resonate with the audience. Um, the solution that you've built, um, it should only be like 10 seconds of your presentation. Um, the 90% um, should be what is the problem and how does that resonate to my personal life? When talking about credit, a lot of students are like, oh yeah, I'll deal with that like post-college. But when you go into stuff like, look, you can't get a car, you can't get a phone plan, you can't you know, rent off campus, um, without credit and then ask them what are you going to do people are just stuck without an answer and that's how you make a problem resonate and then we would propose a solution we're going to automate all that for you so you don't have to worry about it and just like that our entire audience was flipped on to i want to use perch um so when going into these pitch competitions it's really just selling um the tech doesn't really matter the product honestly again doesn't really matter again we only had 250 data points and a very true problem that people didn't realize that they had. Yeah, that's a really good point. It seems like, especially for early stage companies, it's, it's really selling the problem and your understanding of it because it's so early anyways, right? Like what's, what's product dev um, at that stage anyways? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of this scrappy landing page that you put together, so you said, you know, going into these pitch competitions, there were around 250 people on the wait list. And I know last time we talked, there were like tens of thousands on the wait list. How did you go from 250 to now where you guys are today? Yeah, um, honestly, a lot of organic growth. We, I ended up working really, really heavily with the USC Credit Union, ended up on the board, actually. Um, I think I'm the youngest ever board member of a credit union um, or any financial institution. Congrats. Uh, that gave me, yeah, it was super exciting, uh, but uh, it gave me a lot of access to, um, to travel, actually. Um, again, I didn't really have the funds to travel, but the credit union would finance my way to go to like these Q's conferences and like speak with other credit union board members. Um, and I learned a lot at these conversations. I continuously spread the word around Perch. Um, I was at these pitch competitions telling people about Perch. Um, we were meeting with universities like CalArts, um, trying to score contracts there. Um, and just that naturally led to word of mouth. We also did a lot of like manual labor, just talking with students. Um, finding just like blasts, like messaging people, um, flyers, 
uh, everything we could to just get the name out there and just started to create a name, especially at USC. Mm -hmm. And so you were seeing like a bunch of these people signing up on this wait list and clearly there is a, a need for a solution like this. At what point did you start, you know, laying out kind of the product roadmap and actually begin development of the product itself? Um, in January, actually. So uh, we actually, we ended up closing a pre-seed uh, in December of 19, uh, a month after we got the 25K check. Um, this came from Marcy Venture Partners, um, which is uh, backed by like Jay-Z, Larry Marcus, and Jay Brown. Um, they wrote us a quarter million check um, and that gave us enough runway to say, A, this is legit, B, we should be committing to this full time, but also C, we can actually start building out a true product. Uh, so my co-founder, Ayush, um, he started bringing out engineers. Um, I brought on some people on the, like, the op side and we just kind of started hacking at it. Um, and that really started our product roadmap was January, 2020. Super exciting, yeah. And you mentioned right there that, you know, this, this fund that was backed by Jay-Z funded y'all's pre-seed. What was that like? You know, someone that is obviously so famous and well-known in the world is backing you guys. Like, how did that make you feel? Yeah, um, it, it really gave us a sense of validation, right? Like we went from having 26K in the bank to, you know, a quarter million and some awesome celebrities and an awesome fund backing us. Um, and being able to sit with them, uh, have them take us seriously as a company and see the potential that we had um, was really mind blowing. It was, it's what led us to, you know, pulling the all-nighters and making sure that this product would work was, you know, we had some really big people supporting us. Um, so it was really, it was a lot, um, really, really cool, um, but it definitely motivated us to push forward, so. Absolutely, and I'm curious, did you get to meet the man himself or, or was it mostly through, uh, through re representation, I guess? <laughs> I did get to meet him. Uh, I, I got to uh, chat with Jay at our Marcy annual that happened in January, January 20th. Um, he's an awesome person. He's very socially driven. Uh, he, he had this one line that resonated with me a lot. He, he told me, he said, you know, we, we may have invested in you. We may have supported you, but it's your team um, and the mission that you're trying to bring to the table that's really makes it special. Um, and that was a super motivating to know, like he really cares about what we're building. Um, and so does the entire team, so. Yeah, that's, that's so inspiring, that's, that's crazy. And, you know, since that time, you started Product Dev more aggressively in January. Where's the product now? Like, is it public beta? Is it out on the market? Kind of, what's the state of the product now? Yeah, uh, our app is actually currently live um, on iOS. Uh, we'll be on Android very soon. Um, but people are actually currently onboarding weekly cohorts uh, and, you know, building their credit. Uh, we tried to cap it off at a weekly just to make sure that, you know, we, we keep demand at a certain rate before everything, you know, just keeping expectations. But um, as we continue to grow and expand this, um, we plan to just roll out more and more um, and really listen to our audience and build off of what they need. So, For sure. Listening to the customer audience is, is definitely top of mind always. So, you know, it seems like also the team has grown quite a bit as well. And I'm curious from your role as being the CEO, what's been like, you know, a lesson that you've learned in terms of managing people? Because, you know, as, as a first time founder, it's, it's always a lesson. There's always lessons, I guess, to be learned just from my personal experience as well. So I'm curious, just from your experience as, you know, leading the helm of this company, what, what has been like a top lesson you've learned from this experience? Yeah, honestly, um, you don't realize how bad you're you are at something until after, you know, um, 
I, during, uh, I guess, for example, YC over the summer, uh, we, me and my co-founder were terrible at managing. Uh, we had a team of, I think, seven at the moment. And we, we didn't know what we were doing at all. Uh, there was a lot to get done. We didn't know how to delegate. We didn't know how to put the first step forward um, and like really show what needed to be done. Um, and our team was extremely lost because again, it was just us young kids trying to figure out how to manage a team of seven. Uh, now, I mean, honestly, the best way to learn is just to go and do it. Uh, I think we have an awesome team now. We're really fluent. Um, we know what we're doing. Things are very smooth. And even in a very regulated space like FinTech, we are staying pretty well afloat. So um, I, 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 I would say there was a lot of personal growing uh, over this last year, for sure. Absolutely. That's, that's definitely a good thing. Um, and Michael, I, I want to kind of take a step back and also talk more about kind of your background, because you mentioned a little bit at the beginning. But I, ju I guess I'm curious, you know, when you, I guess, talk to you, your parents, your family, um, what are their, their thoughts around entrepreneurship, just given the kind of environment that you initially grew up in and, and the ex expectations of entrepreneurship being incredibly volatile? Um, what are their thoughts? I guess I'm curious. Yeah, um, they were definitely scared um, when I started jumping in. Um, it started out as just like a, a, a project to them. It was like, oh, yeah, he's working on these websites. He's trying to figure out this, um, you know, just a little passion project. Make sure you stay in school. Um, that was kind of like the saying. And I believe February 2nd, um, I ended up dropping out to pursue Perch full time. Um, it was right after we got into YC. Uh, we had raised our pre-seed in December. Uh, things were getting super serious. Um, and I made the call to my family to tell them and it was like, you, you, you dropped out. Uh, it was a, it was an interesting conversation, but I think over time, um, as we've been executing and as I showed them, like what we do on a day to day, um, they've had a lot of belief and a lot of, um, support for what we're doing. And they really understand the mission of trying to help people. Um, especially this year with our goal of helping a hundred thousand people. So, yeah, that's incredible. So looking back from your experience of, you know, working on this company, I think since like freshman, sophomore year, doing those user interviews, and then now, you know, doing this full time, really accelerating on the product dev side, what's been like one key lesson that you've learned just from building this company, whether it be from kind of the sales side, whether it be from marketing, product dev? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of lessons. Um, I would say the biggest one, and maybe this is just a shout out to young entrepreneurs, is there's, there's really no start button. Um, I say this all the time. Um, there, there really is no first step and no second step and third step to entrepreneurship. Everyone has such a unique path. Um, and the best thing that you could do is start tonight. Um, if you really are passionate about something, motivated about something, um, no one else is going to understand what you want to do other than yourself. And you have to be your biggest advocate. Um, I can tell you right now, I was told no Perch would be a terrible idea at least a thousand times uh, before I got the first yes, saying like this could work out. And it definitely did. So um, definitely a personal lesson is to just, you got to be self-motivated. Um, you got to just stay persistent in what you believe in um, and be adaptable at the same time. It's a, it's a weird balance. Yeah, I feel like entrepreneurship is, is constantly a balance between those two. Um, yeah. So Michael, I wanted to move on and, and, and kind of switch gears to the fire round, which is basically where I, you know, um, ask a couple of really quick questions and, and some quick responses back. Are you ready? Got it. Got it. Yeah. So first question, Michael, what is unique about being a student founder? 
Um, being young, you get a ton of mentors. Uh, and with that, you get a lot of support systems. Absolutely. I feel like, yeah, leaning on those support systems and mentors is definitely an important thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Helps out a ton. Mm-hmm. Second question, one piece of advice for students who are looking to start something? Yeah, uh, outside of what I just mentioned about, you know, starting now, uh, I would say it's really important to understand that you're going to be in your head a lot. There's a lot of people who won't understand entrepreneurship. Your friends are going to not understand what it means to raise, like, you know, a pre-seed or a series A or, you know, try to push towards a product that isn't developed yet. Um, make sure that you, uh, you know how to take care of your, yourself, your mental health, and make sure that your support network understands that you're going to be going through a lot um, as you build out, you know, your company. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that point more. Um, third question, quarantine activity that keeps you sane? Um, I've gotten a lot into, I want to say reading to make, you know, like the audience feel like I, <laughs> you know, have some disciplined entrepreneur, but I've gotten <laughs> a lot into gaming. Um, I do a lot of League of Legends, uh, TFT, um, got a lot into anime recently. I'm on like the Jujutsu Kaisen wave. I don't know if anyone watches anime, but, but yeah. Nice. Got to have a little bit of both, you know, the um, intellectual and then the, the more fun and, and engaging stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my last question, Michael, where do you see Perch going and what are the next steps for Michael Broughton? Yeah. Um, our goal this year is to help 100,000 people build their credit. Um, that comes with having a stable product, um, capital, um, and an awesome team that can execute on top of that. Uh, secondly, I guess what's Next for me is really trying to push this agenda that young adults need more access to credit. And that's bigger than Perch, honestly. It's government relations and understanding that people on Wall Street and people on the Hill are understanding that this conversation about financial literacy and independence is happening at a young age um, and trying to get this embedded into schools, embedded into universities, um, and just give more access to those who don't have it um, is really our goal at the end of the day and personally my goal as well. I love it when um, the two are, are very closely aligned, the, the person's goal and, and the business goal. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been awesome speaking with you, Michael. I think your story is super inspiring and I can feel, you know, your passion and grit to really solve this problem and build the best solution out there. So definitely wish you all the best. Definitely. Yeah, it was great talking with you. Another great episode. Thanks so much, Michael, for coming on the couch and to all of you for tuning into the show. If you like hearing from a student founder in the fintech space, you might enjoy episode number 33, where we talked with John Purifoy. If you haven't already, subscribe to Founders Couch wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating and review. If you want to see more from us or DM me ideas for questions or guests, which are, again, incredibly welcome, follow us on Instagram at Founders Couch. Catch us Friday after next, February 19th, for another Founders Couch Friday. I'm Catherine Jang, and you've been listening to the Founders Couch. See y'all soon.